At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain or that you won't get a sunburn or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. <laughs> All right. So what is this podcast called? You, you're trying to whisper so they can't hear you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remembered. I don't even know what it's called. Oh, okay. It's the longest, shortest time. Oh, that's right. You told me. Yeah. It's a parenting show and uh, tell stories about parenthood and everything. And so they asked me if I had something I would talk to you about or you would talk to me about that we haven't really talked about. And so I immediately thought about your sex life. <gasps> We definitely have not talked about that. <laughs> this is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hillary Frank. And the guy you just heard talking to his mom, that's comedian W. Kamau Bell. So here at the Earwolf Network, I am surrounded by talented comedians. And Kamau is one of them. A couple months ago, I was asking around here to see if any of the comedians had a secret that they wanted to reveal to their moms. Or maybe there was a secret that they wanted to get out of their mom. And Kamau was like, yeah, I've got something. And as you could probably hear from the top of this show, it is a thing that you've probably never talked about with your mom either. Here's what Kamau told us. I would love to talk to my mom about her dating history. She's been single my entire life, and I've only gotten slight dribs and drabs, but I would love to get the real story, as much as it kind of makes me queasy. For years, I just assumed that my mom had never dated anybody. And then when I became an adult, she started to reveal things. But there's many things I don't know. Well, we invited Kamau's mom to give him the real story right here on our show. On a Monday in May, the two of them met up at a studio in the Bay Area, near where Kamau lives. I'm so excited to have you come on the show. I'm a big fan. Well, thank you. Hold on, I'm getting my mom set up. I listened in on the phone from my home in New Jersey. And today, we are going to play that conversation for you. Which, you know, this show is generally meant for grown-ups. And today, that is especially true. So go find yourself a kid-free space and eavesdrop with me. I can hear myself in my earphones. That's how it works. You don't like that? No, I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> Before we get to the juicy stuff, I want you to get to know Kamau a little bit. He's a TV guy. So by having a child with a white person, I've taken the possibility of another white person out of the mix. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is Kamau in his Showtime comedy yeah. special. It's called Semi-Prominent Negro. I believe Malcolm X said, by any means necessary... Kamau is super funny, but his kind of funny is often the kind where you're laughing on the outside and crying on the inside. A lot of it is about race and racism, like his new show on CNN called United Shades of America. You should know the whole idea behind this show is that it's a show where a black guy goes places either he shouldn't go or you wouldn't expect him to go. Now, in the very first episode of this show, 
Kamau goes down to Arkansas to meet a leader of the Ku Klux Klan. And at this guy's request, they meet at night and they disguise his voice. On the list of sins, where is interracial marriage? There's like murder, and, and is interracial marriage equal to that, or is it? It would be above because it's an abomination. So it's, so, murder, so it's worse than murder? Yeah. Okay, all right. I wish we could have this discussion on a sunny day in a coffee shop where I could buy you a piece of pie and you didn't have the mask on, and we could talk about these same things on a more equal level. Talk to each other face That's to face. That's not going to happen. All right. Clearly, Kamau likes pushing boundaries, you know, taking risks, which is probably something he gets from his mom. Her name's Janet. My name is Janet Cheatham Bell. So here's a little history on Janet. Back in the 70s, Janet was working on a Ph.D. in African-American literature at Stanford. But at that time, Stanford did not consider African-American lit a valid field of study, and they didn't let her complete the degree. So she was like, screw it, and she left. And she went and self-published books. They were books of famous Black quotations. She's also written books about the racism she's faced in her own life. And after Martin Luther King's assassination, she was recruited by Ohio University to teach African-American literature. Over the years, she and Kamau lived in Indianapolis and Boston and then Chicago. Whenever Kamau started a new school— Janet would go into his classes and do presentations on Africa and African history. You know, she'd show the kids that there was more to this continent than, like, Tarzan in the jungle. So Janet and Kamau, you know, they're close. They always have been. She's a single mom. He's her only kid. Throughout Kamau's life, he's been able to talk to her about pretty much everything. But like most of us, he never talked to her about her sex life. And he kind of liked being in the dark about this particular topic until recently. So, so there was this thing that happened. Kamau and Janet were on a plane. They were flying from Chicago to California, and she had just gotten a new bed. She'd upgraded from a twin to a double. I think I said something like, I was happy that you got a bigger bed, because uh, I didn't understand how you had a twin bed, because I was when I was a kid, you had a queen-size bed. And then you said... Well, I needed one then. <laughs> and I immediately knew exactly what that meant. <laughs> Now, not only did Kamau know what Janet was using the bed for, but also he suddenly knew that there were things going on when he was a kid that he was completely unaware of. And just to be clear, I, I have a mother and a father. I come from a broken home. No, no, your home was not broken. Your home was completely intact. It's just that your father lived someplace else. So here's the situation. Kamau's parents, they were never married, at least not to each other. His mom was actually married twice before she had Kamau to other people. And for all the connection Kamau had with his mom growing up, he had a lot less of that with his dad, Walter. Walter was always kind of strict. He had ideas about what he thought Kamau should do with his life. He actually wanted Kamau to play basketball. Kamau and his dad are both really tall, but his dad is taller. He's six foot six. He's got a deeper voice than Kamau, too, and a big laugh. Kamau says that for a while, the biggest laugh he ever got from Walter is when he told him he had started doing stand-up. Walter works in insurance. At one time, he was actually the insurance commissioner of the state of Alabama. That's where he lives, which is not a state where Kamau's mom ever lived. And so as a kid, it was just me and you most of the time. Yes. I used to see him in the summers. Yeah. And, and I... in, in the summers is when I had my fun. <laughs> yeah, Madeline and I. Yes, Madeline, that's right. Madeline was Janet's best friend in Boston. And Courtney is her son, who we were sort of forced to be friends because our parents were friends. 
Well, yes. <laughs> yep. When you and Courtney went away for the summer, party time. And also sometimes in the winters, remember how some weekends you would go to Courtney's house? Yeah. And other weekends he would come to your house? Yeah. Uh, sometimes in the winters. <laughs> we partied a little bit. So, so you guys would would trade would trade you. Would you take right. my kid this weekend. I'll take uh, your kid. There next you year. go. Mm-hmm. Madeline and I were looking out. We had each other's backs. This is not the narrative of uh, of single black moms that exists in the media. Well, I, they're making up fantasy then. And so Madeline is a funny and a good and a and a and a good time. Yes, and also kind of a firecracker. Yes. So I can imagine you two having a good time with it. It, it. That seems, as soon as I think of it, I go, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I always thought when I was going to Courtney's house, like, you had just decided, I don't know, like, I guess kids, like, I mean, I guess the idea of a sleepover is always fun for a kid. So I just yeah. thought, okay, that's just what's happening. It never occurred to me to, to be like, are you, are you pulling a trick on me? I wasn't pulling a trick. You were having sleepover, and so was I. I <laughs> This is part of an elaborate ruse so you can get some. It never occurred to me. And I don't know if it occurred to Courtney, but, Courtney, but we certainly never talked about it. Uh, so tell me about these summers. What were these summers like when you would ship me off to my dad with whether I wanted to or not and lock me away for three months in Mobile, Alabama? No, that was supposed to be uh, helping you. You no, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. It, I was. I, that's the funny thing. I. I mean, this is the truth. I always felt bad. I was leaving you alone. Oh, really? Like, I was gone. We were like, because we were very close. And yeah. I mean, we still are very close, but it was like we were friends. And I got to go to Alabama and my cousins and whatever play and da, 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 whatever it was when I was a kid when it was just about having fun. And I felt bad that I was like leaving you alone by yourself. Oh, I should have told you then, should No, I? no, you should <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I do remember those feelings like getting on a plane, like, oh, she's going to be lonely for the next three months. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so tell me, tell me what the, your memory of those summers was. Like, what were you doing? Was it a was it one guy for three months, like a summer romance, or was it a lot of guys over the course of three months? No, it was or? usually one guy. You know, whoever I had, you know, maybe been out with on one of those weekends when you were with Madeline, mm-hmm. and um, so it would be you know one guy, and we would go places and do things, and sometimes he would spend the night and. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, <laughs> like, was it ever the same guy two summers in a row? No. Not that I can recall. Maybe. Do you remember John Evans? Yes. Yeah, I think he was around in and out okay. for maybe a year or so. Uh, and so what were, what were you doing on these dates? Like, what was a typical uh, Jan Cheatham Bell date night out in town? Well, I remember John and I went to see... Um, B.B. King and Bobby Blue Bland mm-hmm. at a concert and probably had went to dinner first and mm-hmm. and went to the concert and then came home and <laughs> did whatever. <laughs> so, so uh, okay, well, I guess we'll talk. So y- you were having an act. I mean, it's, no, it's not something every child wants to talk to their, 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 their parent about, but here we go, uh, especially their mom because of gender <laughs> norms and pressure from society. Uh, you know, the the men, the fathers in our lives are allowed to have these conversations with us, but mm-hmm. the, the moms in our lives are, are supposed yeah. to be. All women are supposed to be virgins until they have a baby and then they become virgins again. <laughs> so what was, were you you having an active sex, uh, I can't even say it, you were having an active sex life? Yes. Yes, I was. A, an active, f- pleasurable, fully 
Yes. Fully everything. Yes. Okay. I was. Now, so, and if you ever, and so let me be clear, after the summers were over and, and I would come back and there were times that you would get the, the, uh, the, the inclination, you would just ship me off to Madeline's for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so that's why you had the queen size bed? Mm-hmm. I needed more room. <laughs> I just thought you liked the big bed. I did. I guess so. <laughs> I didn't know that it was for visitors. <laughs> I know it was for company. I thought it was because you liked them. I've, I've always liked the big bed because you had that queen size bed. I've always, <laughs> when I grew up, I bought a king. I wanted a king size bed just because I wanted a big bed. I didn't even think about it. I thought that was just what adults had. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Adults, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Doing adult things. Yeah. And where would you meet men? Well, you know, we had telephones back then, too. We didn't have cell phones, but we had telephones. <laughs> but you weren't calling people randomly out of the phone book. I no, was... no, no, no. These would be men that we knew or, okay. you know. But where would you meet them initially to know them? I'm trying to think about that. I remember that with John Evans, that a white woman that we both mutually knew decided that we would you know, okay. fit together, and she introduced <laughs> She did the thing like, you're a black man. She's a black woman. Yes. But she was right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that there used to be a club in Boston where um, young black professionals hung out a lot. Really? Yeah. Do you remember what it was called? No. Oh, I yes, I do. Was it called the NAACP? No. <laughs> no. No. It, there was a basketball player who played for the Celtics many years ago, yeah. Satch Sanders. Okay. And I th- it was either called Satch's Place or something like that, okay. but I think it was pretty sure it was his club. Oh, okay. All right. And I didn't know you were going to clubs. Oh, well, yeah. Like, like, would you go out and dance? Yeah. What? Kamal was a human being. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were a mother. <laughs> you would go dancing? I, can't, I just can't imagine. I mean, I guess I can, but I just never thought of you. Were you, were you drinking? Yeah. What, what was your drink? I used to like Kahlua and milk. <laughs> I mean, I was never a real heavy drinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I would have cocktails, yeah. And you would go to the club and dance mm-hmm. and rub up on men? Yeah. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> Coming up, a whole lot more of that. Sorry, Kamau. Stay with us. <laughs> Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. 
We are back with comedian W. Kamau Bell and his mom, Janet Cheatham Bell. So growing up, Kamau always just thought what I think a lot of us think as kids, that his mom didn't have sex after making him. But he did have this one memory. I remember when I was a kid, like when I was a little kid, so four, three or four or five or something. Mm-hmm. I remember like maybe like I had been put to bed or something and there was a man there with you. And I remember like, like I feel like I was snuck out of my room and looked around the corner and I saw you and him on the kissing in a deep kiss. Oh, I think that was in Boston. Okay. And I think you were upstairs allegedly asleep. Okay. And because I sort of remember seeing you on the stairs peeping. Peeping. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember who that man was? No. Jesus. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> and then I remember there were times in Chicago where men would be, a, there would be like a, a a man who was around, but it just never, I was, I never ever, and I think this was your plan, or what was your plan? I never got the impression that there was like, here's your new dad. No. That was my plan. Okay. Was that you would never get that impression. Well, did you ever, was, did you ever, in the time you were dating men when I was a kid, uh, I guess up and through I left for, for college. Was there ever a time where you thought some guy might be really serious, or it might be, it might be, he might be the one? Or? No, because I had no intention of bringing a man into your life. Um, no, just no, because I didn't want, I didn't want any kind of. Um, angst around who is this man and because I remember one time uh, a guy who wanted to take me to dinner with you and we went to dinner and you always only ate a small amount of food at one time and so a long time ago now I do now I eat more I know (laughs) but when you were little you only ate small amounts of food and I never tried to force you to eat more because I figured if, if you were full, you were full. But anyway, we were at a Chinese place where they bring out the dishes and you put the food on your plate that you wanted. And this guy told you to get more food. And you looked at me and said, do I have to? <laughs> and I said, no. And he didn't care for that too much. So I didn't want that kind of BS, you know. Yeah. So... I mean, he seemed to feel that he should have some say-so in the matter. And I, you know, so that was the last time he and I went out. Oh, over over, over Chinese food, over him telling your son to eat more Chinese food. Well, I knew that, you know, there was no point in me even seeing him again, because if he had that kind of attitude, I didn't want to be bothered. And that's ironic, because now one of my favorite sentences to hear is somebody say, have more Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so there was never anybody who you almost got, who you got serious with. Did you, I mean, did, were you looking to get serious with somebody? No. As a matter of fact, now that I'm 79 years old and I have friends who have been married, you know, 40, 50 years. And I mean, close friends who talk about their marriages and the things that occur in their relationships and, and they're all happily married. And I've never once thought, oh, I wish that was me. <laughs> Not one time have I ever thought that. I have several times thought, oh, my God, I couldn't deal with that. Oh, I don't like having to compromise. <laughs> I don't like having to 
So maybe I guess if you love somebody enough, you wouldn't mind compromising. Maybe that's what it is. And maybe I never allowed myself to love anybody that much. I don't know. But I would not want to have to live in a place that I didn't care for because my spouse wanted to live there. Mm-hmm. And I would not, like I know women who go to football games because their husband loves football. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I would say, go ahead and go, but I'm not going. Yeah, And I know that, you know, there's sometimes when you're married to people, they want you to do everything with them. Yeah, or they want you to do certain things with them because it's more fun to go to the football game with somebody than to go by yourself or if everybody... If, I find this to be a lot of marriage is that if everybody else's spouse is going then there's sort of an assumption, well, I need you to, and I'll do this to Melissa and she'll do this to me, that I need you to come because I don't want to be the only person there who doesn't have their partner. Yes, and that thought of trying to live my life because I was somebody's wife mm-hmm. never had any appeal for me whatsoever. Which is funny because you've been married twice, not, not including my dad because you two weren't married. But right. I did it because, you know, hey, I was born in the 30s. And grew up in the 50s. And women only had one objective, to get married and have children. That was all we were supposed to do. And I got married largely because I was trying to please my mother. And after the second time I got married, and she wasn't, neither one of my marriages seemed to make her particularly happy. Mm -hmm. So it occurred to me that I didn't need to get married to try to make somebody else happy. Only person I could make happy was me. Mm-hmm. So I said, so I don't ever need to get married again. <laughs> and so men, just sounds like to me that men become, and you can say it the way you want to say it, but it sounds like to me that with that approach, men just become a thing that's fun to have in your life. Yes. But not a necessary part of life. Exactly. Although I've always, I have seen couples that looked as if they were, kindred spirits, Mm -hmm. and really enjoyed one another's company. And I have thought, but even them I don't envy. Mm -hmm. I remember one of my girlfriends and I used to say, it would be great to be married to a musician who was like gone. (laughs) (laughs) Gone half the time performing. And then, you know, you'd only had to see him, you know, maybe two weeks out of a month or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, um, but you know I never met that person so that's funny it'd be great to be married to somebody who wasn't here <laughs> is what you're saying yeah I mean I remember you say one time that you would only get married again if you two could have separate residences or at least at the very most we could we had to have separate bedrooms okay. I have to have my own room that's okay. just the bottom line I have to have my own room okay so do you ever, are there ever times when you wish somebody else was around? Or yeah, there? there are times when I do wish that I had a companion. But if I could have a companion when I wanted to have a companion yeah, and not have that person be there 24-7, yeah. that would be great. So, so that's, I think that's called a male escort. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you have the budget for that right now. Yeah, well. Do they, women can do that like men can? Yeah. 
It's 2016. I'm glad to know that. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) So, so you're 79 now. Yes. Yes, so just turned 79. Yes. First of all, when's the last time you had a relationship with a man of a sexual nature? That's been about... 16 years. So did you have, I mean, so up until 2000, you were still having relationships and. Um, I can't remember who the last relationship I had was in Chicago. It was forgettable. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere that man's listening right now going, oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So not since Chicago. And, And how do you, I mean, I always think about that now. Like, how do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? Well, the wonderful thing about getting older is that your interest in things changes, at least for me. Mm-hmm. My interests in things have changed. Now, when I was younger, um, you know, that, that could not have happened. Yeah. It just would not have happened. Yeah. Madeline and I used to talk about that. Like, oh, okay, it's time for something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say it. Finish the sentence. <laughs> what, what did you and Madeline say? We say, hey— Somebody's going to have to give it up this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, and I know the, the mythology is that women don't need sex as much as men do and that kind of BS, but that's just not true. And At so, least not for these women, Madeline and I. Uh, and so I, I see, like, those websites for, like, OurTime.com, which is, like, a dating website for people who are seniors. Oh, really? Now, most people in the commercial look to be 45 years old. Yeah, I, I noticed that because I get on my... Um, Facebook? No, on my um, email page, they yeah. have ads about... I don't know how they know I'm single, <laughs> but I guess the internet knows everything about you. Yes, that's how it's designed. And um, so I get these things for seniors, too, and every, the pictures of the men they have, the, first of all, they're all white, mm-hmm. but secondly, they're all 50 and under. Mm-hmm. So I've never been tempted to— You've never thought about signing up for OurTime.com? No. I mean, I feel like part of the reason is you live in Bloomington, Indiana, which as much as Bloomington loves itself, that's not a great place to be a 79-year-old single black woman. No. Not that there's many places that are probably the spot for 79-year-old single right, black women. Right, exactly. Certainly not a college town in, in, uh, a very, in a predominantly white area of the country. Exactly. So, I, I, but I think about, like, we talk about you moving up back out here, and I feel like maybe we sign you up for our time when you come back out to the Bay Area. Well, they probably would have some black people on. Yeah. And, and somebody who's at least within 10 years of my age. <laughs> Would you sign up for one of those things if we were in the Bay Area? I don't know. Like I said, I, my my mother said once when I was still a teenager that I was boy crazy. And so I can, I can honestly say that I really liked men a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I was fortunate in that men reciprocated. <laughs> so, so I was never like, you know, sitting around wishing that I could get a date. That was never an issue for me. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, um, you know, I, I don't know if that, I know my libido has not died, but it's certainly not as uh, intense as mm-hmm. it was when I was younger. And so now I get pleasure out of other things. And mm-hmm. if I met a man that I could, see occasionally and we could do things together occasionally that would be great Mm -hmm. but like i said i 
I, I couldn't have somebody in my house 24-7. <laughs> I, I'm too set in my ways, as they say about old people. So when's the, you said your libido's not dead. When's the last time you're, you felt your libido libi? Well, because, you know, sometimes I still have wet dreams. Oh! You ask. I didn't ask that. Well, <laughs> okay. I thought you. I thought you meant you wanted to know when was <laughs> my like little boat was I alive. I just felt like you were maybe watching it like a Denzel Washington movie, and you thought, "Ooh, Lord!" I didn't mean like. Oh, I see. You know, good-looking men all the time, and say, "Ooh, Lord!" Okay. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you've noticed. I know everybody else who comes to my house has noticed. I saw this picture of a black man in a magazine. I don't remember what the magazine was, but he was just so fine <laughs> that I decided I needed to have the picture out where I could see it. So I just <laughs> tore it out of the magazine and put it on my refrigerator door. You've, you've become more and more like a frat bro over the course of this talk <laughs> than I ever imagined. Uh, so, so do you have memories of the last, like the last time you had sex? Um. Not really. I can remember some memorable times when I had sex, but on the last time I can't recall when that was. Okay, well, here's my question. Was the time you had sex to make me a memorable time you it had sex? It definitely was. <laughs> I, no, I knew that night that I had gotten pregnant. Yeah, it was definitely a memory. It's one of the times I do remember quite clearly. Because you got pregnant or because you guys were just doing all the things? Because it was a memorable night of sex. Okay. Do you want me to describe it for I, you? I don't think I do. Okay. But I just it's good to know that you have that. Yeah. And yeah I'm I, glad to be associated with that. Yeah, it was definitely, it was, it was, yeah. It's funny because I remember both the times that me and Melissa had sex that led to our two children. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly because both times it was like, now we're going to do, like, both times we were like, we're going to do this led to her being pregnant. <laughs> so I remember for that, not because I remember the sex, but I remember like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and then later it was like, I'm pregnant. So yeah. I don't remember the, but you remember the, you remember the oh, bomb, bomb, oh. chonka, 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 chonka. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was a good one. <laughs> Yes. For people listening, my mom's eyes are going wistful, and she's uh, <laughs> rolling into the back of her head, and I think I'm going to stop asking questions. Uh, we can check in. How's it going, Hillary? It's going so, so good. This is so good. Um, so good that I could not let them go without asking a few questions myself. That's coming up in just a minute. Don't go away. Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. 
Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. We're back with comedian W. Kamau Bell and his mom, Janet Cheatham-Bell, who's a writer. So, Janet, you've been talking really openly with your son about sex during this conversation. And it sounds like it's not something you've done um, until like this moment on the microphones. That's Um, true. And I wonder, like, why do you feel okay talking about it now? Well, I am not a person who keeps secrets uh, or who wants my child to think, one thing of me when I'm really something else. And as a matter of fact, I'm so happy to have this opportunity to do this because in my writing, I am very open because I write a lot of uh, autobiographical material. And a book that I published last year, I have some fairly intimate information in there, not... um, not as intimate as we've been talking about today, but close. And I've been sort of shaky. I tried to warn Kamal that there were things in this book that might, you know, disturb him. But I don't think he's read the book yet. And so now that we've had this conversation, I feel like, I don't have to worry about him reading that book anymore. (laughs) And why do you think, um, I mean, because you are, clearly being so open right now why um why do you think you kept like your dating life secret from Kamau up until you know now like Kamau how old are you now uh I'm 43 43 so it's been like 43 years of of keeping this piece of your life to yourself why do you think you kept it secret that long well because I bought into the fact that children are supposed to see their parents as as um, perfect, saintly beings. And and there were a few times when Kamal was younger when I tried to talk about things, and he would say something like, Ma, as far as I'm concerned, the only time you had sex is when you got me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I would stop. And because I didn't want to shock him. But on the other hand, I also didn't want him to think that I was this Virgin Mary that had only had sex one time. And so I wanted to be more open than that. So I'm happy to have this opportunity. So now that I can just go ahead and fully be myself. Kamar, are you glad that your mom kept this a secret from you when you were growing up? I'm glad that my mom knew enough about me and enough about my relationship with my father to know that this was the smart way to go. Well put. 
I never had to sort of even for a moment think of these men as some sort of uh, possible new dad addition. While at the same time, knowing that, like, that's definitely, um, that you made a choice that may have been a sacrifice on some level. No. Yeah. It wasn't. I, I guess I know you say it wasn't, but I'm like, maybe there was some dude who there would wasn't. have dated you, who, 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 that you didn't realize that you weren't going to be a long-term thing, so he didn't even try, and maybe that guy was Harry Belafonte. <laughs> you know? Didn't happen. Okay. All right. <laughs> Janet, this is a personal question, but you've been you've been telling personal stories, so um, I'll I'll ask, and you can feel free to not answer. But um, is was Kamau a planned pregnancy? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and at the time, at the time, did you imagine that you would be with his father long term? Um. At the time, I thought he was the love of my life. I did not know where our relationship would go at that time. Later, you know, I I could see that we wouldn't be together permanently. But um, at the time that I got pregnant, yeah, I I thought this is it. He's the one. But it didn't happen that way. Kamau, do you think you're going to um, share your personal life with your daughters? Yes, I think that I will certainly. Um, you know, I, I don't like the idea of secrets, even painful secrets, and I think maybe I get that from my mom. That yeah. that I that when when the time is appropriate or when things are happy or when things seem like they will mean something, that yeah, I will that I would like to have the same kind of back and forth and open relationship with my kids that my mom has with me because I don't really feel like. This thing that was a secret, it was a parenting strategy. (laughs) Kamau says, as weird as it was to hear some of the things his mom told him today, he's also glad to know she got use out of her queen-size bed. Back before he knew it got used, kind of made him sad to think of it being empty. I'm I'm sure it made you a better mom that you were out there having a good time doing your thing. I can guarantee you it did. Yeah, I just don't need a... Uh, a description of chapter and verse and loca- locations and positions <laughs> and uh, and how many times and who was there and if there was even more than two people there. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> I did have... Okay. <laughs> have you been as brave as Kamal? Have you talked to your parents about their sex lives? Have you shared yours with your kids? We want to know how it went or why you would never dare. Tell us at our website, longestshortesttime.com, in the comments for this episode. That's episode 88. We've got links there to Janet's books and to Kamau's comedy work, including his podcast, Denzel Washington is the Greatest Actor of All Time, period. This podcast is produced by me, Hillary Frank, and Abigail Keel. We are edited by Mr. Peter Clowney. Our engineers are Pete Karam and the Reverend John Delore. We get editorial support from Anne-Marie Baldonado and Antonia Akatunde. Thanks to Northgate Studios at the Berkeley School of Journalism and Laura Clivens for recording Kamau and Janet. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. I think I've made these terrible promises of getting a puppy to get my kids to do things. And so ergo, I ended up with an entire litter practically of dogs in my kitchen. 
Yep, the great Katie Couric joins us next week. You do not want to miss this show. So subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please rate us and write us a review. This helps us to rise in the charts and it helps new people to find the show. And if you want to be on our show, send us your story through our website, longestshortesttime.com. Right now, we are especially looking for sex advice questions. We've done this a couple of times before where we get an expert to answer parents' questions about getting it on. Our next expert waiting in the wings right now for your questions is Esther Perel, who wrote the super illuminating book, Mating in Captivity. Send her your questions. Anything goes, so don't be shy. Just email hello at longestshortesttime.com with the subject, sexy. Well, thanks to the both of you for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Yes, I can, I can tell she had a good time. <laughs> hello, hello. This is Nagin Farsad, the host of Fake the Nation, where we talk about politics, we talk about news, and we have a laugh. We were laughing. Every week, a cast of my funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like John Fugelsang, Liz Winstead, Dean Obidala, and others, tackle all the major issues like climate change. America leads the world in people who think climate change is fake, but pro wrestling is real. <laughs> Guns! I started calling the NRA the AK-47%. <laughs> <laughs> Filibuster? I don't even know her! Okay, that's not a major issue, but it's a really great pun. Guys, Fake the Nation is all the comedy about politics, without any of the politics about politics. Thank the nation. Stand up. You sing your wolf? Yeah. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide.